We've been talking about what it means to have this fresh faith. The word fresh, like dynamic, powerful, life-altering faith. Where we can lean on him in a way where we're not the same ever again. That's what we're talking about. Fresh faith. You know, last week, if you remember, we started out this fresh faith that actually calls us to subject ourselves to other people. If you remember, we were talking about subject yourselves to the government, subject yourselves to employers, even if unfair. Remember all this? Kind of the, oh yeah, right. Okay, I remember now. The idea of, I need to make sure that I'm allowing them to lead, even if I'm not in total agreement with them, right? That was the call last week. And it ended with this statement of, because you know who Jesus Christ is, because you know what he's done with you and for you and about you. Well, this is the follow-through week. We're going to move into the next chapter, and the call is simply this. How can I go about having a fresh faith that's going to demonstrate the graciousness of God in my family? How can I go about doing things in my family that show off how awesome God is? That's what Peter's talking about as we move into 1 Peter chapter 3. The first section, verses 1 through 7. You know, the ushers are going to be coming forward. They've got some Bibles in their hands. And uh, just raise your hand if you need a Bible. We're going to be going verse by verse through this. So just raise your hand and we'll get one to you, okay? First Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. Okay. He starts out with this point. Wives. Yeah, he starts with wives. Don't worry, he'll get to the husbands. Okay. Wives. Be subject to your husbands and seek inner beauty. That's the first point. Wives, be subject to your husbands and seek inner beauty. Okay, where is he getting it from and why is he saying it? Well, let's start with chapter 3, verse 1. He starts out with the word likewise. This is one of those connecting words again, right? So he's talking about what we just got done talking about with all this subjection and this understanding of Christ who put himself underneath the male human authorities that were going on in his world that were completely unfair, but God had a plan. Make sure you let that happen in your government. Make sure you let that happen as an employer. And now he's speaking to wives. He says, likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands. Remember, we talked about what the word subject means and what it doesn't mean. Okay, so what it does not mean. I completely agree with you. Right. That's not what it means. What it does not mean. You know what? I would really love to sit down and just have a pizza dinner with you right now. I just want to hang out with you. I so appreciate everything about you right now. I just I would love to get along with you so well right now. It doesn't necessarily mean that what it does mean. I'm going to allow you to lead. What it does mean, I recognize that God has called you to a role. And I'm going to try to help you fulfill that role. Okay? Now, this is a moment where husbands and wives, you're going to each need to be thinking about what you need to do. Okay? Throughout the whole day, I'm going to be asking you this. All right? Please think about what you need to do. It's already kind of started where you see the little glances back and forth. Talking about you right now. Okay, so just let's be careful. All right. This is an awesome moment for us to learn from God's word and we need to be careful as we do it. Lots of respect, lots of honor. Okay, work on your stuff. All right. And don't worry if I'm talking to one, I'll get to the other. All right. 
So that's where we're at. Some of you might be saying, I'm not even married. Can I be dismissed? Right? The answer is, this is a great moment to be learning. What is God's target? What's it look like? How should I be shaping even my own expectations? And where should I be headed with it? This is a great opportunity for all of us to be wrapping our arms around, what are you trying to do, God? What do you want done so that the family is honored? Okay? That's our little, we've couched it. All right, here we go. Wives, be subject to your husbands. We're going to talk a little bit more about what that word subject means and how we can execute it in just a little bit, okay? So that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives. Even if they do not obey the word. In other words, they're not listening to the gospel message. They don't get who Jesus Christ is. They're not tracking with what's right and wrong in God's eyes. And yet, the same call. Be subject. Okay? Be subject even if they do not obey the word. Then he goes on. They may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives. By the conduct. Your actions can lead them to a place where they're falling on their knees before God Almighty. Did you know that? You have power within you to be able to make clear what God wants done. But here's the trick. Without a word, by your conduct. Very important little words there, right? The action call is the same as it was in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 15. Just go back over to chapter 2, verse 15. Remember, now he's talking about working with government. And he says, For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. By doing good, by following their lead, by letting them have the position that you are rightly recognizing God has given them. I understand that the sovereign God is at work and he has placed this person in this responsible role. I'm going to help them fulfill that role. You're saying, I get who God is. And man, is he big. And man, is he sovereign. So I am going to understand that I'm actually respecting the very hand of God as I respect what's going on here. Okay. That's a lot of words. Notice that it says one phrase, without a word. Without a word. This means without a word. It means not the nagging, not the pushing, not the constant reminding, not the, you wouldn't believe how many times you've done that one wrong today. You know, not the constant reminder of, but rather just the unbelievable purity in your action as you follow through. That's what it means. Without a word. I'm going to have to ask this. Ladies, what does it say? What's the phrase? Without a word, okay? I'm just asking it once and I'm moving on, okay? But we have to be clear here. It does say without a word. It does. Now, what it doesn't mean is you're never allowed an opinion. You're never allowed a thought. You're never allowed to interact. It doesn't mean that. It's talking about the don't try to turn them with nagging. Don't try to turn them with banging them upside the head. Don't try to turn them with the lips Turn them with the action. That's what it's trying to say. I saved this till the end of the first point, but I think I'm going to jump it in here. Uh, I came to this conclusion last night. So I'm going to flip it to the right now. And let's just talk about three biblical ways we can submit. Okay? Three biblical ways we can submit. First, discuss the issue with respect. And if you agree, you're done. Okay? 
discuss, discuss the issue with respect. That is a pretty important little phrase with respect. If you agree, you're done. This is super important. You're sitting down to interact with one another, husbands and wives. I always say this when I, you know, when I'm talking with a premarital couple, guys, you're a big blue circle. Girls, you're a big purple circle. And when you're getting married, they're overlapping at some level. And what do you get when you put blue and pink together? Purple. Thank you. Somebody knows colors. Okay. So blue and pink come together. You get purple. They're like blue and pink. And you put, I don't know what. Okay. Purple. And you get this picture, the blue circle and the pink circle overlapping. You see that football in the middle where the two overlap? You know what I'm talking about? And it turns to purple. Your goal, guys, is to be leading towards that purple. The two have become one. Your opportunity to celebrate who she is and who you are together. Okay? That's your goal in general. There's going to be times where you can't be that overlap, but that's your goal. So you're going to sit down to find the football, that purple, okay? That discuss the issue with respect, and if you agree, you're done. Second point. If you don't agree, discuss it again and try to reprioritize, okay? So if you still disagree, sit down, discuss it again. Some of you are like, this is really rudimentary. Trust me, it's pretty important. It's really important to walk it through. So first, discuss it. Second, discuss it. All right. You're given a lot of effort at trying to figure out how the two of you can agree on something. Okay. Pray through it. Work through it. Prioritize together. See where you get. Okay. Third. Finally, if you still disagree, this is where the actual submission piece kind of comes into play. Women, if his view is not sin, then at that point you need to let him lead. Okay. If he's not saying, seriously, I'm telling you, we need a little bit of cash flow. The plan is for you to rob a bank this evening. Okay. And then you say, I'm not going to do that. Okay. Why are we doing this? Because we're actually submitting for the Lord's sake and and ending up breaking God's law in order to submit to the lesser is not the plan. Okay. So it is about if it's not sin, then at that point you let it lead. Okay. This is where the submission occurs. Men. Just a little reminder, this should not happen often. If this trump card is the one you're playing all the time, we got an issue. Okay, we're getting into you're all about the blue circle and you're not about what's in the pink circle and where they overlap. Okay, it is important that you lead as a family and you work together. Okay, so guys, please don't play this trump card a lot. I don't know what number. I don't know. A couple times a year, if it's more than that, where you're trumping out. We've got some issues going on. We really need to talk through some things. And if you're in a spot where you're saying this is absolutely necessary because, great, we'll probably have to talk it out. Guys, this should not be a lot. You should be working together and finding a way where the two of you together can become one flesh and be honoring what God has brought together in the two of you, okay? Be looking for that. But ladies, there might be a moment where you do need to release and say, we've worked on it, we've worked on it, we've worked on it. I'm going to release because what he's asking for isn't sin. I'm going to let him lead on this one. All right. That's what it looks like. Now, is that a little bit different than maybe what the church has been quoted as saying? A lot of it, right? Like a lot of times the church is quoted as saying, just don't talk, just don't whatever. Those are just not what it means. It does mean that you have a right to share and interact and build in that family. But you are in the end going to help him lead. Understood? Okay. Big deal. All right. So let's move forward now. That is the submit part, the subjection part, all right? It says, 
that your conduct might win him. What kind of conduct? Respectful and pure conduct. This conduct that shows I'm honoring you, I get who you are, and it's holy and chaste. This conduct that is honoring to God and therefore honoring to him. Verse 3, do not let your adorning be external. Can you believe how many hot buttons are in this passage? Do not, okay, here we go. Do not let your adorning be external. The braiding of hair, the putting on of gold jewelry, and the clothing you wear. But let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. Okay, what it does not say. This is what it does not say. Please don't ever take care of yourself physically. Right? Right? We're joking about it, but seriously, it doesn't mean that, right? We have to be very careful. The New American Standard translation. Do not let your adorning be merely external. Okay? That word is a word that probably is appropriately added in in our English to make sure we grasp what's going on. It's this idea of the emphasis should be on the internal. The emphasis should be on your heart honoring him. If the first thing you're worried about every moment of every day is how do I look physically, then we're missing it. We're beginning to get off track and it's easy to get off track. And that's what we have to be careful of. We are a very physically driven world, a very visually driven, right? So the the world is built up of the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. So let's be careful that we don't honor the world more than our God. The eyes, that's a lot more about the world. The heart, that's a lot more about God. Okay? So, does this mean you should never braid your hair? It doesn't mean that. But it does mean if your thought is, I don't care about the inside, but man, am I going to have hair that's rocking. (laughs) Then we're missing something, right? That's what he's talking about. Please make sure your focus is in the right spot. Okay? He says here, the inner person, this hidden person, imperishable beauty. That's why we're focusing on the heart. Because as your heart is improved, as your heart looks more like Jesus Christ, as you tend to have the fruits of the Spirit displayed in your life, it's life-lasting, eternal. Okay? But as you tend to have these physical things dealt with, as much as we may not want to hear it, and the younger we are, the more we think it'll never go away. But it goes away. And I don't know why, it just goes, okay? There's just moments in time where your body's like turning down the thermostat. Do you know what I'm saying? And like the this whole, I take in a certain amount of food and I just keep certain weight off. And then all of a sudden your body's like, and down a notch. And so now you're taking in the same amount of food and you're putting on a little more weight. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it just happens. The physical slides over time. It is something that goes, but the heart is eternally transformed for him. That's why we're focusing there. Imperishable, okay? It says gentle and quiet spirit. Gentle, not rough. Gentle, considerate, humble, kind, tender, quiet. It doesn't mean never says a word. It means peaceful, still. Here would be a good question for you. Ladies, do you feel like when you come into a room, you're one that kind of stirs it up and things get agitated? Or when you come into a room, you're one that's able to calm it down? The gentle and quiet spirit, one who sees the hurts, one who sees the needs, one who sees the care, one who knows when to 
get somebody laughing and when to cry with somebody. One who gets what it means to have a spirit with them, for them, and about them. A gentle and quiet spirit. That's the call. To have a heart that beats after God and cares for other people. Okay? I'm in a home with three other women and a male dog. So every once in a while, me and the dog have to hang out for a little bit. You know what? It's just a different environment. And my wife and my two girls, they love, they love to laugh and to joke. Their focus is all in the right spot. Um, and yet, honestly, the first question I get asked every Sunday morning is, Dad, does this match? I'm, I'm lucky that I show up like this, okay? Does this match? Are you kidding me? Or what do you think of these? You know this one? What do you think of these shoes? Now these shoes. You know that one? Pick one. I don't, I don't know, right? The physical is a part of who we are. And, and I know that as in being a woman, it's a part of who you are. That's not wrong to take care of yourself. But be careful if it becomes the primary. Be careful if it becomes what you'd label yourself as being beautiful for. I'm beautiful because, and then we fill in a physical, we've got issue, okay? Picture this, a church, gorgeous building. It just looks great. Gorgeous outside, this huge, vast auditorium, this awesome entryway, these well-landscaped and manicured gardens. And then you start talking to people and they just, they're angry and they're bitter and they're hateful and they're judgmental and they're nasty and they never get into their word and they don't give a rip about who God is. But wow, what a building. And we say, you know, right? Yuck. That's not what it's about. What's going on with that? Completely missed. Picture this. You're talking to a group of people from a church and they're, they're just on fire for Jesus Christ. They love him with all they've got. You go over to visit them at their church and it's like the grass is, you know, four feet high and there's weeds everywhere and nothing's taken care of and the gutters are falling off and windows have leaks and you go inside and the carpet's train wreck and it smells all moldy and mildew. And you're like, do you care at all about what God's doing in and through you and what impact you make? It's about balance. It's not all internal, forget the external, let it collapse. It's not all external, let the internal go away. It's about balance. It's about, I'm a temple for the Holy Spirit. May I care for what's going on in and through my body, but not to the point where I've forgotten about looking more like him each and every day. Amen? That's what it's about, okay? Balance, all right? Okay. That being said, now we get to a nice little phrase. For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands. We talked about that word submit, right? We know what it means and what it doesn't mean. Don't put the wrong word meaning in there, okay? To submit to their own husbands. As Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. And all the guys say? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What it doesn't mean is this is the quote you should use. It doesn't mean, how come you don't call me Lord? That's not what it's saying, okay? This is a phrase of respect. It was used often to mean sir. It was used often to respect someone who was in charge or had decision-making. It's basically a term of endearment and respect, okay? What's your term of endearment and respect for your husband that says, you matter, you're important, I'm leaning on you, okay? And our term is? No, I mean sign that one, yeah. Our term is honey. She said another one. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going with that one. (laughs) Okay, honey, okay, not honey. 
that's just, that's nice. Hey, honey, what do you know? You can say that in effect. But she used to always say, honey. Like, oh, there's a little bit of feeling. There's a little bit of passion. And it basically was semi-joking around, but very seriously saying, you're important. So, hey, honey, what's going on with this thing? Right? Okay. I don't care what your word is. Just show a little bit of respect, okay? Find a way, find endearing terms. And guys, it works going the other direction too. What's the endearing term that says you matter? Okay? That's what's going on. A term that says you matter and I understand what God's called you to. All right? Okay. It says you are her children if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. If you do good, which is the thing we talked about, this submission in the right ways, this idea of pure conduct and respectful conduct. If you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. Think about this phrase. Frightening means element that causes fear. If you do not fear the things that cause fear, what's he saying? He's saying, you're going to fear something. My request to you is do not fear the earthly things that would normally cause fear, but fear instead the Lord Almighty. Fear God, not fear man, but fear God. It's this idea of I so trust in the sovereign God and what he's doing. I so believe in him each and every step and each and every day. I so am looking to the author and perfecter of my good faith that these little things that would normally cause fear are looked past. That's what he's saying. Be strong. Be tough. When you start talking about a quiet spirit, it means you're not looking at the little things and freaking out about all the little details. You're looking up to the author and perfecter of your good faith. You're calm because you're trusting him. Okay? That's what it means. This idea of following through like Sarah. It's this simple. We have a chance to reflect the graciousness of God in our workplace, in the government, but also here in our families as we take care of each other. And ladies, huge calling to do this biblical submission, not whatever bogus definition of submission you've had from the past, but this biblical concept of sharing and interacting with each other, of trying to work things through and come to agreements, but allowing him to lead in the end if you still can't agree and you know he's not leading you into sin. Allow that to happen and adorn yourself. The inner beauty, go after it with all you've got. That inner beauty. That says, you so know the Savior. That's what we're talking about. Okay? Guys, your turn. Husbands, know and honor your wives. Husbands, know and honor your wives. Okay. Do you notice here that uh, the women get six verses and the guys get one? Yeah, that's not because the women don't have it together. Both sets deal with three main topics, okay? The guys are just like, get it done, give it to me. So bang, here's your verse. But it's heavy, and there's a lot in it. There's a lot of information, and it's three hits, and it's all in one verse. So here we go. Verse 7, likewise, remember we've already talked about that. So submission, just like Jesus Christ, we're following through. Let's show the graciousness of God. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives. Peter starts with, spend some time together. Live with your wives. Be with them. Enjoy them. Spend time with them. 
It's not, I work and then I golf and then I hunt and then I go out with the friends and then I, and then I, and then I, oh, we haven't really been together very much, have we? It's time to be spending with family and with our wives. Guys, we have a calling and it's a big one. Live with your wife, not spend a little bit of time, live with them, lots of time with them. Now it goes a little further, live with them in an understanding way. Okay. Now the phrase nowadays, we'd say, you know, do something like in an understanding way. You could actually misunderstand that and think of it as, you know, just kind of put up with something, you know, right? You know what I mean? Like just be understanding. That's not what it means. It means understand them. It means understand what they want, what they love, what they have passions for. It means know them and be a student of them. It means we absolutely must lean in to learning. If we see them get upset by something, we need to be asking ourselves, was that something I did? And if it was something I did, how do I undo that? How do I not do that the next time? I need to be learning where she's at. We must be students. Non-stop students, okay? Learning all the time of what is their design. How have they been made? What has God gifted them with? Where are they struggling? How can I support them? How can I make sure I don't hurt them? All these things, deeply important. Live in an understanding way. Guys, five things you should know about your wife. Trust me, there's a lot more, but these are five. Okay, so five things you should know about your wife. Okay, this is a good moment for guys to have pens in hand. Five things you should know. Number one, what makes her laugh? What makes her laugh? You know, maybe she laughs at knock-knock jokes. Probably she doesn't. What kind of humor do you come home with? Is it a little off color? Like, where are you at with your humor and what she really laughs at? Do you know what makes her laugh? Do you know what she gets a thrill and an enjoyment out of? Lead her towards that. It's part of your job and honoring her and caring for her. Know what makes her laugh and help her to laugh. Number two, know what makes her cry. Where are her sensitivities? Where are her hurts? Where are those fears that she's got that light her up, that put her in a room wanting to close the door and weep for a little bit? Know what makes her cry and help care for her in the midst of that crying. It's utterly essential that you could be in a room, party going on all over the place. Something happens and you could go, "Uh uh-oh, we're in trouble. I need to get over there. That's how well we need to know. Like I can just tell by the look on her face that something not good just happened and I don't know what it is. I better go put my arm around her and see how she's doing. And it doesn't mean some big overt thing, but just a little, how are we doing? Are we okay? Yeah, we're good. Okay. Or you might get the, mm-mm. Okay. Do we need to get out of here? Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, read it. Not, what does that mean? You know what I mean? You're out loud. Say it. Come on. And everybody around is all of a sudden looking. Like, that's not it. Let's be understanding. Let's grasp the little moments. Okay? Those little innuendos. And by the way, guys, you can be teaching your daughters this as well. As you're raising up daughters, to be raising them up to have that communication interaction where you get it without saying it. I mean, yesterday, 
we were at an event and I'll tell you a little bit more about it in a little bit, but we're at an event and we're walking along and my daughter, Megan, looks over at me and she says, I feel like I hurt mom's feelings, but she's holding her shoes. And now it goes on a little bit later and she's like, do you want to hold her shoes? And I said, mm-mm. And I just looked at her and she's like, because of the, mm-hmm, okay. You know what I mean? Now anybody standing there be like, what is that? But there was a moment of interaction where she's like, okay, I get it. I'm reaching out. I'm loving mom. I'm seeing what I'm doing. And it was just this little interactive moment. Like that's what it's about. It's being able to know and understand. Please, ladies, this isn't the, this isn't the license to say, see, I told you I never had to explain what's going on. You should just know. Like that, that's not it. Okay. You're going to have to explain it the first few times. Seriously. I thought her favorite color was green until three months ago. It's purple. Okay. I'm telling you, you're going to have to get it explained. Okay. It'll come out. He'll learn. It'll come along. Be patient. Okay. All right. Number three, what makes her feel cherished? Not loved, but cherished. Like you are so special. You know, I'll just throw the five love languages out here. Um, this is a big deal. So you might want to write these down. Five ways that people feel cherished underneath this. Okay. Gifts. Did you know that? Give little gifts. Like she collects thimbles. So you get her a thimble from San Francisco on your way back. Something like that. Little. I'm not talking, you know, I got her a Lexus. I'm talking like, you know, everybody will feel loved then. I'm talking about like a dollar thimble. You know, this little I thought about you thing. Okay. That's what we're talking about. All right. Words of affirmation. You're amazing. You did awesome with them. Do you know how much you lifted her up when you talked to her? You are unbelievable when you, the words of affirmation, okay? Some people feel cherished when they just get a lot of time spent with them. Just tons of time. I don't care where we are, but just be with me, okay? Some people feel cherished with touch, physical touch. Not sexual touch. We're talking like play with the hair, hold the hand, rub the back. Something that says it's not about me, it's about you touch and then acts of service like when you're not here i'm thinking about you and i do things for you i clean up the kitchen i put away the dishes i blah 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 acts of service okay it's really important that you find out what your wife's way of feeling cherished is because here's probable you have a way of feeling cherished she has a way and they don't match most likely and you're going to talk your language and she's going to try to talk her language and you're going to be in big trouble so, like, mine is acts of service. I love doing things to help people feel cared for. Jana's is time and touch and words of affirmation and gifts. <laughs> but it isn't acts of service. So I'm sitting in a spot where I'm trying to care for her, and it, you know what? She's not feeling it. I ain't feeling it, okay? And the reality was, I'm just trying to talk to her in my language. It's trying to talk to her the way she feels loved. Know them. Understand them. Okay? What's she passionate about? Number four, what's she passionate about? And number five, here's your softball, guys. What's your favorite color? You might want to find that one out. I find out it's important. So it's a big deal. Just know little bits about them. Become students of them. Show them that they matter. It says, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel. Lifting them up, saying, you matter. I'm spending my time learning. I'm spending my efforts on you. I'm lifting you up. I am showing you honor. Why? Because you are a child of the king. Why? Because you are a princess. And the Lord has given me the privilege of caring for a princess and her family. 
I better be taking care of her well. God is entrusting you with the opportunity of caring for his children. How are you doing, guys? Honor. Lift them up. Watch your words. Watch your tone. Guys, we can get very, deal with the problem-ish. And all of a sudden, we're not very honoring. We're actually very direct and hurtful. We got to be careful that we listen and that we hear. Remember the phrase, you've got two ears and one mouth, so listen twice as much as you talk. You're not going to learn if you're talking. You're going to lecture if you're talking. You learn by listening. Ask the questions and hear. God, what do you want? What do you want me to learn? What do I need to hear here? Okay. Honor. As the weaker vessel. Weaker in what way? Well, I can tell you this. It's not spiritual. You know how I know that? Look at the next line. Since they are heirs with you of the grace of life. She's an heir. You're an heir. You're both heirs of the grace of life. And we look back at Galatians 3.28. And what do we see? That there is no Jew and Gentile. There is no male and female. There's just one. We're all equal in him. This isn't about spiritual weaker. So maybe it speaks to the physical. Maybe it speaks somewhat to the emotional. But it certainly doesn't speak to the spiritual. You best be honoring your wife. Lifting her up. I wrote down honor as this. It's being able to create an environment where she can thrive spiritually. Being able to create an environment where she can thrive spiritually. That's big. How are you doing at protecting your wife and honoring her? What happens if I don't do that? I'm thinking I might not do that. What's it say at the end? So that your prayers may not be hindered. Your walk with the Lord will be affected by how you treat your wife. It's this simple. If you abide with him, you learn from him, the Almighty. And as you abide and you learn, you gain his passions. And his passions are to care for her and to honor her. And as you reach out and do what he asks, you learn more of him, you abide more with him, your prayers are totally in alignment with him. And the more you become all about you and blowing off that thing he's calling you to, the more your prayers are just not getting it. You're praying from selfishness. And I trust me, they're hindered in a big way. God's in a spot where he's saying, you're not getting me and you're not getting it. It's time for us to care for our families. That's the battle cry. Honor your wives. I'll just close with this. Yesterday was the marathon in Champaign. And uh, John has been training for a marathon for a year. About that. And uh, so we went over to Champaign and she was running in this marathon and we had an opportunity to just honor her and celebrate her. We had an opportunity to lift her up. And so my family is jumping in the car and flying around trying to hit the different mile markers and jump out. And it was like Operation Sea Mom. You know what I mean? And we're getting there. And I'm telling you, we were hitting it like within four or five minutes. We're getting there and they're like, what's going on? I'm like, I don't know. If she's running 945 pace, she should be here in the next four minutes. And sure enough, there she comes. And we're like, go! And she walks past. We're out of here. Move, move. And everybody's back in the car. Like, that was our job. So we saw her at mile marker two, mile marker 10, mile marker 17, 20. She was looking a little hurting at 20. We started praying for her on our way to the end, and we're sitting in the stadium just hanging out. Why? To simply say this. Your passions matter. You matter. Sometimes we don't show it well. But, man, we were showing it yesterday. And we had a blast doing it. Megan looks at me, and she's like, we should let mom run marathons all the time. (laughs) Yeah. It was a good time to lift her up. You have a chance to honor your wives. 
It'll make a difference in your family. God's simply saying this. Ladies, you've got a call. It's let him lead. And look for that inner beauty with all you got. And guys, you better help her thrive. And you better make a safe world to protect her in and help her grow in. And you need to lead that family in a way that honors God. That's what it looks like for the graciousness of God to be reflected in our families. That's it. Question, what's the first thing you're going to do to change things today? That's what you need to grab onto. Like, great, we heard a nice little thing, went home, and then nothing changed. Guys, something's got to change. What's the question you're asking when you go home to learn something about her? Pick one. Get after it. Spend that 15 minutes a day, that one night a week or every other week on a date night. It's essential to start putting that time together and protect her. Your family can honor God. Let's do it with all we have. Let's pray.